Since it's been announced, I have been counting down the days to see this mindfuck. Personally, I was really excited to see Ari Aster's directorial response to Hereditary, which also came out last year on A24. Today, we head into the forests of Sweden and discover ourselves with Midsommar. Don't drink the weird juice quite yet. This is Whiskey and Popcorn. Before we dive headlong into this review, I want to introduce a reoccurring guest on our podcast and, well, a self-described horror fan. Welcome back, Amanda Leperto. Hello. Good to be here. Hi, Tuesday. How are you? I'm wonderful. (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to try my best to summarize this movie. Um, It starts with Danny, and she immediately goes into this horrific tragedy that happens in her life. And while we see her grieving, we also see her boyfriend's friends start to tell her boyfriend, you need to end this relationship with her. And, you know, all of this is done and you really should end this before we go to this awesome festival in Sweden over the summer. Christian can't really bring himself to break up with her, especially after this horrible tragedy. So Danny ends up on the trip with him and his friends And it's actually in the middle of an intense grieving period for her. We watch Danny, Christian, and Christian's friends, Mark and Josh. And they start to get a little over their heads in what they thought would kind of be a fun European-type Coachella, but actually ends up being a little bit more like a cult. We can almost immediately tell that they're not going to experience what they thought they had signed up for. It's been quite a bit to process, so I'm glad that we gave a a few days in between reviewing this. Amanda, your initial thoughts? All right. A lot. Big question. Um, I really loved it, but even all this time later, I'm still processing it. I'm reading like everything I can about it, listening to every interview I can. Um, I think the thing that I took away the most, while it's a really like suspenseful horror and almost like a thriller in some ways, I think I was on edge like the entire 140 minutes of the film. It's a breakup movie and ultimately it's a movie about grief. Oh, super wicked suspenseful. I did like it more than Hereditary. Uh, And the processing, I think, is a really good way to put it, just continuing to process. And that's something that this filmmaker really does for us. There's just so many layers to the film. I invited Danny to come to Sweden. You know what she's been going through? Christian says you've got this special week planned. It's sort of a crazy festival. Special ceremonies and dressing up. That sounds fun. Unbelievable. Welcome and happy midsummer. Skoll! What time is it? 9 p.m. That can't be right. The sky is blue. This is what 9 p.m. is like here. (laughs) How long have you two been together? Just over three and a half years? Four years. Really? Yeah. (laughs) What do you think? It's like another world. Tomorrow's a big day. Is it scary? 
What is it? It has special properties. What am I going through? We just need to acclimate. I don't want to acclimate. I want to go. Absolutely not. What's happening? I don't know why you invited us. All right, so I knew the story was probably going to be really good and that the visuals were going to be incredible because I'm a sucker for pretty much anything that A24 puts out. I am their intended audience, but I was most curious to see how director Ari Aster responded after his other horror film, Hereditary, was released almost an exact year ago. So I know that he had about... 12 hours after the release of Hereditary to start filming Midsommar. And they were editing right up until like four days before the film's release. Oh, wow. Crazy. Wow. Um, So earlier this year, we were put into a similar situation with Jordan Peele, who responded to Get Out with his movie Us, his second film. And while I thought it was really good and I really liked it, it just wasn't universally as strong as Get Out, and I was kind of nervous that Ari Aster was going to go down the same way. But I don't actually think he had this problem. I felt like he really built upon Hereditary and took grief and human emotion, which are clear tropes within both movies, and like took it to a whole new level. That's interesting. I thought the same thing. It's really hard to to have a second film when you had this debut, whether it was you know, well-received or not, your second film is always going to kind of be petrifying to me because that turns you into either this one-take wonder or you actually become a filmmaker and a well-renowned producer or director or whatever it is. Especially when they're so similar. Yeah. Like with Get Out and Us, that's obviously like a lot of like racial issues and things on that order and then hereditary and midsomar both deal with grief and like family issues and things like that so i think aster has with the second film solidified himself as let's say funky and not what we're used to but definitely a horror filmmaker yeah He has described this movie in many interviews as being almost more of a twisted um, fairy tale more than a horror movie. And I like that because some of the early, you know, writings of the fairy tales include like uh, Cinderella's sisters cutting off their feet in order to put them in the glass slipper. Like they're not super nice. And like, that's what this movie is about. And I also really enjoyed things with like different culture and like pagan culture rituals that they say only happen every uh, 90 years. It usually includes like some like wise man explaining their culture and you get like a little bit of it. But you through Danny as like the character experience the culture as it's happening and you freak out when she freaks out because you don't know what's going on. Well, and it's not our culture. Yeah. So it also sits on that layer of what do we as different cultures find acceptable and not acceptable. And it it was interesting to kind of see it from the perspective of the same as these visiting people onto a different culture. And I probably would have freaked out just the same way they did. And like, it's a great point about like different cultures because, you know, there's a really big scene where all the American you know, let's call them tourists or visitors are saying like, that's so inhumane. What are you doing? And they're like, no, this is the most humane way to do it. Why would you let, 
you know, people get old and die in this way and stick them in nursing homes and things that we find to be like the humane way to do it. While theirs is a very different response and what, you know, Western culture, even just like American culture would be like, that's so disgusting. And like, that is like the first huge jarring moment where everyone's like, oh, this is different. Oh yeah. That was a definite revelation (laughs) moment. (laughs) And I wanted to touch on what you said. It's so much a fairy tale. Yeah. Very much like the Grimm brothers fairy tales where, or, or even like nursery rhymes where you hear the origin of the story and you're like, WTF? Yeah, like, absolutely. Why are we letting little kids sing this? For sure. um, but yeah, it, it was a lot of cultural differences, aging and suffering and how different cultures do that and heal or change from from those three aspects. And I think even cinematography wise, I think this movie was so beautiful Gorgeous. in a a lot of the ways that like fairy tales are perceived. Uh It's almost like freaky Wes Anderson in a way where like everything is very bright and beautiful and symmetrical and it feels like it's going to be comfortable and lovely. And then something so absurdly insane happens. And then as the movie starts to go on and, you know, she starts to dwindle and she's starts to be like daily taking these like mushroom drinks. The camera tilts in a way where like now, like for the last like 45 minutes of the movie, like you feel like you're on hallucinogens because that's the way it was like designed to make you feel just like Danny and being like, I'm comfortable, but really uncomfortable and really like out of focus. But now I'm going to dance in a circle and like, I don't know how to stop. And now I'm the queen. And like, it's just like this whole thing of like, you're so thrown into it in so many different ways than just the writing and the acting. Well, and you think what the topics that they discuss or what occurs in the film, that it's going to be really, really dark and it's not, everything is so bright and beautiful and there's, Based on where they're at, there's actually very little nighttime or quote unquote, like dark nighttime there. And even how much that can screw with your mind. Yeah. Where it's like, I don't even need drugs. Like I I spent summers in Alaska where it's two in the morning and it looks like it's three in the afternoon. And even how much that can screw with you. So you're almost thinking like, is it the drugs? Is it what they're drinking? Is it the daylight? I mean, there's just so much. Is it the heat? They commented this is the hottest uh, summer that they had ever had at this festival. There's a scene where like, you know, she takes a nap in the middle of the day and then she wakes up super disoriented. We've all had that, that Mm -hmm. like summer midday nap you wake up you're like way too hot it's what super what day out. is it yeah you're like oh like my whole day is ruined now because of this like weird heat nap i just took and then like she's like in a barn in the middle of nowhere with all these crazy people but like i don't even know if crazy people is the right word because it really just boils down to like this is a cultural experience that she's not used to and they're so calm and normal about it and it's like no this is just how things are and like they're the friend um that brings them in the the exchange student he is kind of like their liaison to like calm them down. But you can't really tell throughout the whole movie. Is he just like explaining or is he like tricking? Uh-huh. Like Is he like trapping her into something or is he just like, no, this is my culture. This is what we're doing. Here's like a little explanation. But like, I want you to go into it like completely natural and unresponsive, like all this stuff. And you can't really figure it out. And what did you what did you think about acting wise? 
Florence Pugh is amazing. She's so talented, especially for someone who's only been in like a handful of things and not too many like large mainstream things. I mean, she's been in enough things where this isn't like her breakout, but it like it is for most people, I'd say. Probably the first thing that you recognize her in. She the like the scenes of like guttural screaming where like I was like my jaw was sore. <laughs> it felt like I was doing all this screaming like that is a hard thing to pull off. That's something that like uh, Tony Collette did amazingly in Hereditary and all that kind of stuff. But you get someone who's like not quite believable and it becomes instantly corny. And I love that the actors that they got for the two friends, um, uh, Josh and Mark, because they're like so be- believably douchey and like college, like post grad dudes of yep. 2019. Like we're, are, we're gonna do so many chicks on this trip. Yeah, yeah. we're gonna like do drugs and like sleep with beautiful Swedish women. But then also like I'm inquisitive and this will be my this will be my thesis. It's like, no, you just like want to do mushrooms. It's fine. And it's so like he's vaping the whole time. And I the scene where he like pees on the ancestral tree is just perfect because like that is so much of like study abroad (laughs) and people who don't get it, but they're like, I'm here, I'm doing it. It was so funny. And I don't know if this, like, I don't know if those characters would have been good in like other times. Like if this movie came out in like 2009, you'd have to completely rewrite those characters where like Danny is like universal, like people with great loss and confusion and like just hollowness like that's forever but like vaping and peeing on ancestral trees is really only 2019 (laughs) so 2019 (laughs) and i like that i mean yes to some extent it's danny and her boyfriend that are supposed to kind of be the spotlight but they also there was like kind of equal playing fields between all the characters so we weren't so hooked on one specific character or characters it it there was a very nice playing field where we weren't kind of stuck with one person yeah. and um i tend to like those films better because you know heaven forbid i hate the main person i'm like well that movie sucked and this you know we really get to kind of see a lot of perspectives and experiences throughout the movie And I think that's like, so a lot of people have talked about the fact that like he wrote this as a breakup movie. Mm -hmm. He wrote this script like after a really major breakup of his. And I think that's what makes this so good because you see Danny's perspective, but you also get Christian's perspective and you also get um, Josh and Max's perspective. And they're like, or Josh and Mark's perspective that they're like, dude, you got to let her go. You got to get out of this. And he's like, oh, but she, you know she's having this hard time. And then like, we're watching her go through this hard time and her, and we're watching Christian like be there, but not be there. And then we're watching Danny realize he's not there really. And like, you get all the different like parts of it so that when like, you know, the accumulation of the final scene, you're like, Holy cow. Yeah. I would say everyone except Mark grows a lot as a person (laughs) um, throughout the film. True. (laughs) Yeah. But Mark had it coming. <laughs> Completely. It's freaky. Oh, something that I was reading about was that so they had to find a space where they it was just an open space that they could build everything. So they built the entire 
set. There was nothing there. They had to find an empty field. It's actually filmed in Hungary and not Sweden because the taxes are cheaper. Um, and they basically were like, we can't afford this movie if we make it in Sweden. So we got to find somewhere else. And then they were like battling with the light because the light is not the same. And they had to like artificially make it like 20 hours of daylight because Sweden is like that. But Hungary is not. And that was really interesting. But they do like um, like camera wise, they do a really good job of creating space so, like, when she walks out of one building, you know exactly where she is, which in horror movies and just, like, kind of movies in general, they don't always give you, like, a full lay of the ground. And you're kind of, like, walking out of a thing. You're like, okay, but, like, I don't I don't get where she is, but I'm just going to, like, follow her, I guess. Where, like, every time, like, someone walked, like, you know, around the corner of a building, you already knew, like, okay, this is where, like, the weird yellow teepee thing is in the back. This is, like, where the dining room table is. This is where, you know, wherever. And that's hard to do. And I think they did a really good job with that, creating, like, a space and an environment. And keeping that simple layout where it's, like, you know, here's the main house. Here is where all of our, like, historical documents are. And um, and that is very hard, especially with an open space. Yeah. Like, that is. And, no, I the backdrop is always beautiful. Yeah. And so it almost kind of messes with your head where you're like, there's a lot of really messed up stuff going on, but it looks so pretty. Yeah, but I like kind of want to take a photo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I really like to go home, but like maybe one for the gram. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That was really good. It was really intense. It kind of, uh, you know, you think it's going to be one movie and in some ways it delivers, but in other ways it's a completely different movie. The beginning, like 20 minutes was so unexpected for me. I thought we were just going to go into a movie where like, you know, they go on this like post-college trip and then, you know, things go wrong. Sort of the his like the classic 80s, like buds on a camping trip and then something bad happens, like sort of situation. And that's like what the movie sells itself as which in a way it is like for the friends that's the story but the like just indescribable horror that happens in the first like 15 minutes of the movie sets a tone that's so different that you just you can't help but just like sit and like slowly breathe through the whole movie and the movie like it hits you right in the beginning and then there's like punchiness but it like really is like a slow rollout of like them breaking up throughout the movie and then the big ending yeah by no means like slow boring yeah but it like you almost have to watch that progression happen or you miss the real breakup story yeah but oh yeah the first 20 minutes it's not like oh let's stop for gas and let's get roadies and let's smoke pod and like no it's like oh so this is what danny's going through and this is the friend dynamic and you know they're they're going in with expectations and i don't think it's going to be that and then uh, i loved something i was noticing while we were watching it is that um when there was like a huge emotional scene we would not see the face of the person telling the dialogue but the face of the person reacting to the dialogue and the scene that sticks out the most to me and that is when um danny and christian first walk through the door and we don't see we see them in the mirror behind but we're looking at the three friends react to like finding out that she's going on their trip to sweden and that's so effective because like while like 
I guess it matters what Danny and Christian look like. Like the most important part is like the facial expressions of the people who are trying to mask the fact that they're really bummed this girl's going on their trip. And now it like it like completely changes their whole idea of what they're going to do. And they, they do it two or three different times. Um, when the Swedish friend is explaining how important it is that Danny is coming on this trip once they're already there, like we see Danny's reaction and not his, um, and then oh, there's like one other scene, but I was noticing it throughout the movie. I was like, oh, we never rarely in a like a climactic point. Are we seeing the person talking? We're seeing the person reacting. That's really interesting. Super interesting. And we forget how important the reaction side of a conversation is. And it tends to just be that that over the shoulder shot where we see the person speaking, but how's the other person reacting? And that's missed. But with Aster, it's so in your face. And yeah. I loved that. Minus that, this movie for sure made me drink. Yeah. So with this messed up film, what are we, what are you drinking today? Oh gosh. I think I immediately came home and had like an, a too large glass of red wine and went to bed. <laughs> I was like, I gotta go to sleep right now or else I'm not going to be able to sleep. It was, it really, like, it shook me to my core, and as someone who, like, watches a lot of scary movies, you can kind of pick up, like, in the first couple minutes, like, okay, it's gonna be, like, a slasher film, or it's gonna be, like, this kind of movie, or I, like, there may be a twist at the end, but, like, I kind of understand where we're going. I was just, like, so tense for the entire movie, and that's hard to do in 2019 when so many movies have, like, I mean, there's so many movies have been made, I don't know if it's a dumb sentence, but, like, you've seen so many of the same things that it's hard to just be, like, anxious the whole time. Well, yeah, because for the most part, nothing really phases you and I, where it's like, why are you running upstairs? Like, don't be dumb. (laughs) And you're clearly going to die in the next six minutes. Right, and, like, so there's a predictability aspect to a lot of horror films, but this one... Never knew where it was going next. I had no idea what was going to happen every second of the movie. Yeah, which is, again, very (laughs) difficult to do in 2019. So I am going to have a shot of absinthe. (laughs) I think that's appropriate. Very appropriate. I'm going to wait a little bit until I do mushrooms. That's what I'm going to (laughs) do. Yeah. Don't do drugs, kids. Yeah. (laughs) Do it in controlled spaces only and not with pagan cults. Yeah, I mean, generally, like... I'm excited to see the future of Florence Pugh. She's going to be in Greta Gerwig's uh, Little Women next year. I imagine it's going to be a very different role. Um, but it's she is just remarkable. Her facial expressions are so... They tell such a big story. Um, the visuals were outstanding. And I'm just like excited to see the next few movies that Ari Aster makes. If they're all going to be like this intense. Yeah. Oh, no. He's... He has set me up to keeping an eye out for him, definitely. So, if we haven't stressed you out or freaked you out yet, make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Oh, and, of course, subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Thank you always for listening, and we'll see you at the movies.